Welcome to Women on the Line, a national women's current affairs programme produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on Wondery Country of the Kulin Nations and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Aoife Cook. They didn't mention the Jews. They didn't mention any victim group and they kind of generalised it out to position Trump and his administration as on the side of good and that these evil people, these kind of generalised evil people are the side of bad and it's good people who save the world. That's them realigning, repositioning the whole narrative of, of what happened in the Holocaust, depoliticising it, decontextualising it, making it ahistorical and saying here now is Trump to save us from the Muslim menace. January 27th each year is International Holocaust Remembrance Day, when we try to take stock of the world's most infamous genocide and say, never again. So no wonder alarm bells started ringing when the White House, now home to Donald Trump, released a statement to mark the day and failed to mention the Jewish community. In this week's show, we take a look at the new US political landscape to ask, how is it that Donald Trump's administration, with a specific nod to his chief advisor Steve Bannon, are both pro-Israel and anti-Semitic at the same time? And what could this mean for Jews in the US, for the future of Israel, and for their urgent need for justice for Palestinians? To help us figure this out, I contacted the Australian Jewish Democratic Society, who bill themselves as a progressive voice among Jews and a Jewish voice among progressives. And a member of the executive, Jordi Silverstein, joins me in studio. I'm a postdoctoral research fellow in history at Melbourne Uni, looking at the histories of Australian government policy towards child refugees since the 1970s. And I also do research around Holocaust memory and commemoration and, and in Australia and America. And I also do... Uh, look at histories of Australian Jewish sexuality um, in kind of the current period. Great. Thanks for coming in. So for Donald Trump, there seems to be a very mixed reaction within um, different Jewish communities in the US about whether Donald Trump is, in inverted commas, on our side, on their side. Um, And there seems to be very clear um, accusations of anti-Semitism against Trump? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, at his inauguration, there's a series of um, different ministers from different religions give um, blessings for him. And, and a rabbi did, Rabbi Marvin here, who's long been, I guess, kind of far right um, within the uh, American Jewish community. But yeah, he gave a blessing. But the Jewish community in general responded really clearly and were just like, he's not our rabbi. He does not speak for the Jewish people um, and really, you know, came down hard on him. But I think, you know, there's just no question that Donald Trump is anti-Semitic and that he's assembled an anti-Semitic cabinet, that we're seeing kind of a return to an anti-Semitism in the White House that hasn't really been there, I guess, for quite a while. Um, And it has really, I guess, um, emboldened... Nazis. 
No, of course, the man himself, I mean, most people who are anti-Semitic won't, you know, own it. Yep. But it, the man himself says that he loves the Jewish people. Um, I was about to try his accent, but decided not to. <laughs> he says he loves the Jewish people. And, and also he, he calls himself a friend of Israel. Mm. He has a son-in-law who is Jewish. His daughter and her children are now Jewish. So, you know, uh, mm. there seems to be plenty of... of um, maybe right-wing Jewish people in the U.S. who will say, no, he's on our side. So, you know, there's a connection there that doesn't mm. convince you <laughs> he's a supporter of the Jewish people in any sense. I mean, I think as soon as someone says how much they love the Jews, it's probably really clear that they don't really love the Jews, <laughs> you know? I think, you know, and there's a lot of... I've been listening... Um, there's this wonderful podcast out of Canada called Trafe, and they had a long conversation about how do we think about Jared Kushner, um, Trump's son-in-law, and the fact that there is this Jew so close. And we're kind of thinking around this idea of um, the court Jew, and they're uncomfortable with it. And I'm, and I'm also a bit uncomfortable with it, but this idea that, you know... Um, kind of back in in um, medieval periods, there was the court Jew who sat at at the feet of the whoever was in power and helped them and and brought them kind of the Jewish community in a way. And I think you know maybe that that's it is an offensive term, mm. and I don't want to use it necessarily in this case. But I do want to I guess kind of raise that question of people who do bring themselves close to power to get themselves power. So a bit like an Uncle Tom. Figure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think every community has them, and it doesn't mean that. That the person who is in, who has the actual power, which is Trump and Steve Bannon, um, that they are any friendlier towards the Jews. It means that a couple of people get access. Um, so, and I think you know we also need to remember it's possible for Jews to be anti-Semitic, right? Like, there's no all of us um, can be opposed to the groups that we're from and can work against their interests. Yeah, absolutely. Trump says he's a friend of the Jews and, and says uses his son-in-law and daughter and grandchildren as evidence of, of that. And this, this kind of idea of being pro-Israel in, in inverted commas, I think, is a really kind of false idea. And I think um, what we're actually seeing is a lot of the Zionist groups in the US are coming out against Trump and are saying that the, the actions that he supports and, and the ideas that he supports aren't in any way in Israel's interest, as in, as in they're not in the interest of creating a just peace. And he came in for a lot of criticism for his final campaign ad where he's talking um, really in terms of conspiracy theories that are implicitly about Jewish financial backers. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. It's a global power structure that is responsible for the economic decisions that have robbed our working class, stripped our country of its wealth, and put that money into the pockets of a handful of large corporations and political entities. The only thing that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The idea that Jews um, are good with money and control money and are fina the fin financiers comes from a period, you know, a, a, um, a period when this, this was the only uh, work that was open to Jews. Jews were the money lenders in, in Europe, you know, in a certain period. And so because of this kind of history, um, it, it's really like taken hold. And I think it really, um, 
it maintains a lot of power today. And I think, you know, in a way, um, if I was to if I was to critique the left um, in in my experience of the left in Melbourne, um, and also I guess kind of throughout the West, it is oftentimes you still see that kind of idea take hold that Jews control things, that Israel control things, that what goes on um, in Israel and, and what goes on in relationship to Palestinians is um, is is because of Jewish power rather than also Jewish power being one component alongside the military industry, alongside, you know, global capital, mm. alongside, um, you know, settler colonialism in general throughout, you know, all the settler colonial states. So alongside Christian domination and Christian Zionists, and that's a whole other thing, you know. Mm. Um, but I guess, you know, that's kind of, I guess, a sidestep to think about, you know, yeah, this is a really flexible idea and it is an idea that takes that has a lot of purchase and it's really hard to shake this idea that Jews do control things, that Jews are wealthy outside of their proportion in society, that Jews are successful outside of their proportion in society, um, that this is a problem as well. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's really the stuff of conspiracy theories. And, yep. You know, I know the research out there says that both left-wing and right-wing people, uh, inverted commas, suffer from the same amount of conspiratorial mm. thinking, which is which really kind of links with what you're saying there. Yep. But this idea that the the Jewish people are controlling both the global financial industry, controlling Hollywood, controlling the media yeah. are ideas that Trump has jumped on and, mm-hmm. and has been using his yep. campaign. Now he's linking global financial elites with the Democrat Party yep. in a way that both makes sense and is also utterly ridiculous at yeah. the same time. <laughs> and so to say, oh, I'm a friend of Israel and at the same mm. time is say, but, you know, those global financial yep. elites and, you know, this advertising campaign flashed Basically, yeah. Jewish people on the screen. Exactly. Yeah, and I think yeah, this this is the thing is that that it's this coded language that doesn't explicitly say the Jews, but anyone who knows the rhetoric knows that he's talking about the Jews, and the Jews know it, even if the non-Jews can't always pick it. And there was some debate over that ad, whereas for me, yeah, it was really clear that was so clearly an anti-Semitic ad, and he's so clearly using these racialized ideas and absolutely conspiracy theories. And really displacing, you know, he has the power. He's a wealthy person, you know, with power, but he displaces that onto other people and, and shifts the blame for what's going on. And one of the reasons he's been so successful. Um, and so a more recent um, output of the, the White House and of Trump is the Holocaust statement on mm. Holocaust Remembrance Day, which did not mention the Jewish community. (laughs) What are your thoughts on that? I mean, look, it was clearly appalling. And their explanation uh, for it was that they wanted to remember all the victims, which is completely bogus because if they actually wanted to remember all the victims, they just would have mentioned all the victims. And, you know, we can, as a side note, note that too often the other victims of the Holocaust are forgotten. Um, And I've, you know, Roma friends and colleagues who go every year to the, because the UN International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And I've got Roma friends who go every year and kind of protest and, and make clear that Roma should be mentioned and, and they're not. Um, but that's a left-wing protest and it's clearly they mentioned, they didn't mention the Jews, they didn't mention any victim group and they kind of generalised it out. Um, and so what's the benefit to them for doing that? Well, so the way think? the statement was set up was that that to position Trump and his administration as on the side of good and that these 
evil people, these kind of generalised evil people are the side of bad, and it's good people who save the world. So this is on the same day. This is the day that they did the Muslim ban. That's not a coincidence, right? That's them realigning, repositioning the whole narrative of, of what happened in the Holocaust, depoliticizing and decontextualizing it, making it ahistorical, and saying, here now is Trump to save us from the Muslim menace, right? In inverted commas, obviously. You know, and it really makes a whole different story about what has happened in the past, what's happening in the present and the future, and yeah, reconfigures what the Holocaust was in an incredibly obscene way. Across Australia, you are listening to Women on the Line on the Community Radio Network. You can find us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line or connect with the program on Facebook or on Twitter. This is Aoife Cook for Women on the Line. I'm speaking to Geordie Silverstein, a historian and an executive member of the Australian Jewish Democratic Society. I asked her opinion on Trump's chief advisor, Steve Bannon. He's appalling, right? It's just, it's kind of amazing. And yeah, the reports are that Steve Bannon wrote the executive order um, for the Muslim ban, which is, I mean, it's quite incredible um, that he has this kind of power and um I mean, yeah, so he, he is a Nazi uh, figure. He's, you know, a, a, in inverted commas, a journalist. He writes um, hate um, screeds. He's, um, I don't know if you saw it in an uh, article in Fairfax that talked about how our absolutely shameful government in Australia um, supports um, the Muslim ban. Um, there was a photo from Trump talking on the phone to Turnbull and watching on was Steve Bannon. But there was just something kind of... I'm sure I'm not the only one who has, has been watching the media over the last few days and watching Twitter has cried quite a bit. Um, and there was just something really heartbreaking about watching a Nazi, watching a phone conversation with our Prime Minister, in a way. Um, yeah, the, 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 this is, I guess, the world that we're currently living in is that Nazis are in the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Bannon, he calls his media platform for the alt-right. The alt-right, um, or um, what other names are people giving them? They don't want to legitimise them using the phrase alt-right. The new breed of white nationalists, neo-Nazis, yep. um, kind of a range, a range of different names. Um, and there seems to be a bit of tension within the uh, this new white nationalist movement around where Jewish people fit into it or don't fit into it. Mm. It's cu- quite interesting in a way because it, it kind of comes down to that question of whether Jewish people are considered white. Mm. As as we know, different groups and different communities around the world at different times throughout history are considered white and not considered right. Yep. Irish people used to be considered monkeys <laughs> um, and were not white at the time of British colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now white and yep. enjoy all the white privilege <laughs> that um, <clears throat> and oppression, <laughs> and oppression that we're uh, lucky again in commas yeah. to enjoy. Yep. You know, what's going on with the alt-right movement yeah, and and the Jewish and community. Jewish, yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing to remember with Jews is the Jews um, uh, come in many colours. Um, and so, while 
definitely the both political and actual color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so there is so Ashkenazi Jews, Jews from um, Eastern Europe, PM background, like myself, do make up, I guess, a, you know, a, a significant number of uh, Jews. But there are also really importantly, and particularly within the US, there's Asian Jews, there's Mizrahi Jews who come from uh, have you know a North African Middle Eastern background. There's Fadi Jews who are f- uh, from Spain. Um, and that kind of, you know, Iberian Peninsula region. Um, yeah, Af- African Jews, there's a large, you know, Ethiopian Jewish community. There's there's Jewish communities all around the world. The question of are Jews white is definitely, um, obviously the non-white Jews are non-white, right? And they, and they retain their non-whiteness and that's um, not affected at all in this question. It's really important to remember that not all Jews physically look white, mm. Um but yeah, absolutely. Jews in America um, had definitely um, attained whiteness, uh, like white Jews in, in America have attained whiteness. Um, I think what we're seeing, you know, there's a lot of people still trying to figure out, and that's what I'm, um, what's going on um, in regards to Jewish whiteness. And I've seen, you know, a lot of colleagues, Jewish studies colleagues in the US, um, writing a lot about that and thinking a lot about, you know, what's going on, and that they don't, in a way, they don't uh, feel yet under too much threat. Um, but definitely feel the potential for that threat increasing. And I think, in a, yeah, there's, there's just no question that for the alt-right, for the neo-Nazis who currently have power, um, the Jews don't belong. Um, they don't want the Jews in the US. General sentiment in the community, so a whole lot of Jewish um, community centres throughout the US are now getting bomb threats. Um, there was one day last week where I th- think maybe a couple of dozen so there are kind of these more coordinated attacks um, on Jewish communities. Um, it's definitely, you know, not what we're seeing, the attacks on Muslims at all, um, but there is definitely an increase. Um, and definitely I think there will be questions now for sure around how white white Jews are in, in the US. Um, and so that really leads to the question or the, the, the interesting contradiction or seemingly mm. contradiction, yeah. which I'm sure you can unpack for me, that a lot of this anti-Semitism is also very pro-Israel. Mm. Um, seems like a contradiction for someone yep. who knows a lot about the topic, <laughs> maybe not so much. So how, how can these anti-Semitic, yeah. alt-right, white nationalists also be, why are they also pro-Israel? Why do they s- support a project that many, not of course, Obviously mm. not all Jewish people, but, but many Jewish people also support. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think there's a lot going on within it. I think part of it is, as I said, they want the Jews gone from the US. Um, if you want the Jews gone, you're not going to kill them all. You want a lot of them to immigrate. They need somewhere to go. Israel's a great place for them to go, um, is, is kind of how the alt-right uh, thinks. I think... So they don't see it as a project of Jewish power. They don't see Israel as a project of Jewish power, um, which is what Zionists think of it as. Mm. Um, I think, you know, and related to that, we've got the Christian Zionist element, um, which has a fair bit of um, power within the Republican Party. Um, And they have a theology that believes that if all the Jews move to Israel, then the Basically, they need all the Jews to go to Israel so the Messiah can come. Of course. So yeah. exactly. So that's what they're there. They 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 support Zionism as a biblical prophecy that results in maybe the Jews all convert or they die. Anyway, either way, they require the Jews to be in Israel so their prophecy can come true. So there's nothing pro-Jewish about that. Yeah. 
But I think what we also need to remember is, you know, as I said a couple of times, that Israel is a settler colony. The US is a settler colony. These, they both, the way that Israel is set up um, is it disavows Palestinians. It, it kills Palestinians. And the US is also, you know, vehemently anti-Arab at this moment in time and has been for a while. And I think they share a project in harming Arabs, um, Muslims, Christians. I think there's also the military industry mm-hmm. is a big part of it. And the way the military import and export between um, Israel and the US is huge. Um, and I think that also plays a role, that there's economic interests. I'm sure Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, is probably a Zionist himself. You know, I'm sure he believes that in this project um, of a Jewish nation state, and that really yeah. fits with the alt-right understanding of of ethno-nationalism. Mm-hmm. That Israel is a good example of, um, you know, how it's perceived that a, a community is going back to their state of origin, and that they, you know, one community with one yep. um, ethnicity stays within a certain exactly. political boundary. Yep. And then the US is for white well, Europeans, for white. exactly for Christians, exactly <laughs> Christians, and exactly. that the Muslims can go yep. back to all the. Those yep. Muslim places, so exactly it, it everyone in their really, space. Yeah, a really good example of a, yep. of a unfortunately of a good, well functioning apartheid like state. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think that's hundred percent right. And so that 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 fits that you know the Jews are great as long as they're, they're over, over there. there. <laughs> Donald Trump and his team have been discussing the idea of moving the embassy, the U.S. embassy, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, can you explain a bit about mm. what that, the significance of what that means? Yep, absolutely. So all the embassies are um, in Tel Aviv. All the international embassies are in Tel Aviv, and it's basically because Jerusalem is still highly disputed. Um, it's really if there was if there was ever to be a two state solution, which I think we can all agree is very unlikely to happen, if it should have ever happened. But if there was to be, it would be likely that Jerusalem would would be a shared capital because it is so important to every group involved in in, in this um, in in this area. So to move uh, a capital, um, uh, sorry, to move an embassy to Jerusalem is to say that Jerusalem is definitively part of Israel. It's to claim it, uh, to be part of claiming it for Israel. Um, and w- that would be a huge statement um, geopolitically um, in terms of destroying the idea of, of two states. Um, it's just absolutely an honor. And I just, I, I mean, it seems quite unlikely to happen. Trump, you know, said that uh, that's what he would do. But now since he's come into office, he said um, they're investigating it. And I think what we've seen is over the last couple of days is they don't investigate things. Like they, if they want to do it, he signs an executive order, they do it. If he says he's investigating it, I reckon that means it's not likely to happen. And actually this is just about c- creating a discourse and creating um, an idea and creating the possibility of it to um, remind Palestinians of the threat against them. And of what can be done. Settlements and, and more settlements um, have been built um, since. I mean, I don't think we should, we should definitely remember that, you know, Obama gave the biggest, you know, financial military package to Israel, mm-hmm. you know, in the history of US-Israel relationship. It's going to be bad for everybody under, under Trump. To what extent do you think that this has a link to Australian policies in relation to Israel and Palestine? What we've particularly seen with you know, Scott Morrison's response and, and Turnbull and, and Julie Bishop's response is that 
they want to keep close to the US, uh, which part of me, I guess, before thought that this would be an opportunity for Australia to distance itself from the US, but that's obviously not going to happen. Um, so it's it's entirely possible, I think, that, that Australian policies towards Israel and Palestine will, will continue and increase in their terribleness. Yeah, I mean, Netanyahu is coming to Melbourne or coming to Australia um, in a few weeks. Okay. So um, watch out for protests, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's an official visit. He'll be based in Sydney for a few days, um, coming one day to Melbourne. And yeah, they'll definitely, I mean, the Jewish community is organising protests. Um, other people are organising protests, Palestine solidarity people. Um, really, the question is what resistance yeah. is out there. And maybe I'll ask you specifically about different Jewish communities' resistance. Yeah. Um, we have some idea of what's happening here, but in the US, mm. there's been a lot of. Yeah. Um, um, so what's been going on? It's the what's so the resistance, <laughs> and there is a resistance. There, is, so the hashtag is Jewish resistance, and it's incredibly inspiring. Everybody should check out that hashtag on Twitter. And there's been huge numbers of people at protests um, at the airport, all the airports um, where there are Jewish communities. People doing I guess, specific actions. There's a lot of people making really clear that Jews and Muslims are not enemies, that we work together. Um, the particular organisations include uh, groups like Jewish Voice for Peace, who are generally um, focused on Israel-Palestine, but recently have increased um, their focus on domestic issues and are being really clear and strong um, standing up against Trump. Um, and they, you know, had were part of uh, like an official part of the Women's March, and they're, you know, definitely part of all the protests that are going on at the moment. Um, Jews for Racial and Economic Justice, an organisation um, in uh, New York, has also been really vocal against it, this. Um, there's, you know, Jewish organisations in Los Angeles, um, groups like Yiddishkeit, you know, a Yiddish cultural um, and political uh, group. They've been organising stuff, you know, at, at uh, JFK Airport on Saturday night. So the uh, Jewish Sabbath goes Friday night to Saturday night. And at the end of Sabbath on, on Saturday night, there's a, um, a uh, like a prayer ritual called Havdalah. You light a candle and, and there's wine and, and spices and, and kind of thing. And, and they did a Havdalah service out at, out at the airport as part of the protest. Um it's just, it's very clear that there is a strong Jewish resistance to what is going on um, on all sorts of levels. And it's not just the radical left at all. Um, this is really going like into the centre, into the right. And for sure, there are Jewish organisations that are supporting Trump. There's no question of that as well. But there is a really strong Jewish resistance and it's really inspiring. That's wonderful. That's a great note to leave it on. Thank you very much for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. And that was Georgie Silverstein speaking with Women on the Line. The Australian Jewish Democratic Society are at ajds.org.au. Women on the Line is a national women's current affairs programme made for community radio. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We'd love to hear your thoughts or comments about the programme, so please send an email to womenontheline at gmail.com and you can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter.